For a time, we tried to contact him by radio, but no response. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite Saturday Bunch Bunch. Thanks for tuning in and rocking with your dumb your dumb marks here on this beautiful but rather cold Saturday morning in Pittsburgh, PA. Gentlemen, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, episode, what episode are we on? 21? 22. Oh, 22. Last week we were legally able to drink, and now we're going to go headfirst into that with the drink of the week. <laughs> But uh, gentlemen, how was your week? How's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? We good? Yeah, I'm doing good. I got a little story for everybody. Yeah. So uh, we came back from overnight from our work shift, and uh, there's a toy vendor at work, and he loves the heck out of me and Jason for some reason. I don't know why, but he does, and he always gets our names wrong for everybody. But <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> but I was in um, the the kids section. And I seen him a distance from the toys and I was like, oh, he's here. I was like, so I'm going to hide out and baby and all that stuff. And he's not going to notice me. Next thing you know, around the corner, he pops up and it was like, whoa, hey, Donald, how's it going? How's everything going? We're like, oh, it's going good. He was like, I haven't seen you guys since you went overnight because of uh, COVID. And I was like, yeah, it's been a long time. And he was like, yeah, I was telling everybody like how you and Jason were doing and all that stuff. And he was like, you guys miss me and all that. And he was like, I missed you guys. And I was like, yeah, it's been a long time. And he was like, but did you ask about me at all or anything? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> he had like the saddest look on his face, but then he smiled up again and was like, oh, okay. He was like, well, that's awesome too and everything. He was like, oh, spirit. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, so he was like, well, Joe told me you was over here. And I was like, oh, Joe, I'm going to get you. And he was like, do you know where Jason is? I was like, yeah, he's on the other side of the store. So you can go uh, check him out. So, yeah, I had to throw Jason under the bus to get him away from me. You're pissed at Joe that you threw your, your partner in crime under the bus. Yeah, because I got thrown under the bus. <laughs> when, when, when the ship goes down, the captain stays on the ship. <laughs> if one of us is going down, you damn damn sure better bet that I'm taking the rest of the ends with me. <laughs> this is all there is to it. That, this, this isn't last man standing. All right, we're we're all going down. Uh-oh. Yeah, he was like, uh, he was like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Those new earrings? I was like, uh, no, but it's been all like right. a whole year, so they're new to him. I'm like, my mom don't even notice these things. Like, what the? <laughs> he does. You noticed. <laughs> He's like, something looks different. I'm like, I'm not wearing my hat. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> I need to find me a woman that that will look at me just like that guy looks at you guys. Where <laughs> <laughs> the toy vendor looks at you. I, I mean, well, I've been married for 10 years, so I, I don't get that. <laughs> Everybody preparing for the for the snowstorm that's set to hit the the northeast uh, overnight tonight and then tomorrow morning about three to six inches of snow supposedly here in, in Pittsburgh area. So um, hopefully, yeah. Hope so, it don't knock the internet out so we can watch the rumble. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. So, all right. Let's so get is that the, what they're calling for now? Because last I had heard they were 
talking maybe like two inches on Sunday, two inches on Monday. But they, when I when I uh, when I got in the car this morning, Chris, to drive over to your house to to pick up the stuff for a drink of the week, he said uh, they said three to six overnight tonight. So Jeez. it's been changing every single day. So who knows? Okay. I mean, yeah. might wake up to a dusting. We might make up to tw- ten to twelve inches. Who knows? Oh. Um, all right, let's hop into the shits and giggles like we normally do in the intro here. Go through our stuff with uh, what caught our eye in the in the realm of TV, movies, snacks, and whatever else you guys want to discuss this week. Um, whoever wants to go first can can pop it off, and then we'll go from there. Well, I got three uh, gaming news things that happened uh, this week. Um, Konami. The game developer from Japan that makes Castlevania and Metal Gear and all that, they actually shut down their developing studios. So they're not going to develop games anymore. They're just going to license their games out to other video game developers to make them for them. So they're officially out of the gaming department. Um, Over in the UK, the scalpers, they actually got access to uh, PS5s in their retail thing before they were even released. So somehow they got into the retailer's website and purchased them all before they were released to the public. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it uh, just happened yesterday. They said that the stock of PS5 and Xboxes, they might not be fully coming into stores until August now. Everybody was expecting spring, but August, because there's something with the GPU cards that they're so technical to make that they can't get everybody back in the factory because of COVID. So it looks like you're going to wait a little bit longer for the systems to come full force. That's, in that's, just, that's just their way of keeping the price where it was at so they can sell it at that, that ex, extra, you know, extra high price that they, that they do come, come around for Christmas next year. Um, but uh, to follow up on your gaming, on your gaming news, this is, this is uh, some news that'll, that'll tie into to shows um, that we watch. So, Coming in, in, in this year in 2021 on Netflix, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. So Netflix original has an anime series, Resident Evil, for those of you that have played the video game. Um, I'm kind of actually excited to, to watch this and, and see how it turns out. I think that's a, that's a good choice if they're going to pursue that, that type of route with, with an anime show. Um, original series. So we'll see if that that holds true to form with Netflix and it's, it's a good one to stick and watch. Speaking of watching, yeah, speaking of watching stuff again, we won't do spoilers <clears throat> on this show, but I assume everybody watched one division last night. Yes. Came out. Um, no, Jason didn't. <laughs> I got to catch it after this. <laughs> so, good. so good. I love everything that they're doing with the with the show. Um, how they're doing it. This episode was fantastic and and uh, really really got me got me to go all in. I was hooked before, but now I'm I'm definitely all in. This um, one definitely made me think like this is a part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then a couple other things on Disney Plus wise that I saw this week. Um, the uh, in February, um, obviously, WandaVision will continue, but The Muppet Show um, will be on Disney+. Plus. The original. Yeah. Yep, the original Muppet Show, February 19th, all five seasons. So I um, 
I I I watched the Muppets growing up, and I I will definitely have uh, me and my daughter will tune in for that one. And then the other thing that I saw for Disney Plus, which I'm excited for because I like the movies, was Monsters. So Monsters at Work on Disney Plus series. Um, it's going to be a true sequel to Monsters Inc. And Billy Crystal will be involved as the the voice and character of Mike Mizawa. Do they um they say like what this is going to be? Is this going to be because like they did the sequel, but that was like a prequel. And then so it just says that it's an animated continuation of Monsters Inc. Um, it's been known that the series has been on the way for a while now. And Disney CEO Bob Iger first announced the project back in 2017. Um, Billy Crystal confirmed that it is indeed an episodic program, that he'll be back as Mike, uh, with John Goodman also returning as Sully. That's good. That's um, good. So, yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. They got both of them on board with it. I think it'll I think it'll be good. Um, need to catch so, up and see what's going on with Boo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe we'll maybe we'll finally get that that uh you know that storyline play out. But yeah, so just a couple of things from from Disney Plus and that I saw this week as far as what's set to upcome that's not you know Marvel or comic related show. This week, uh, they also for Disney Plus as well. They announced uh, Mighty Ducks is going to premiere on March twenty sixth. So they released the official trailer, the little teaser. Yeah, and... yeah we will. Um, you know, go see the trailer. We won't. We we won't get into it yet. But um, you know, I, I don't know if I can buy in given how I saw the trailer set up and, and yeah. what it's gonna what it's gonna be. Um, the shoe on the other foot. For those of you that watched the original Mighty Ducks movie, you'll understand what that means. So, um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we do have the Gordon Bombay and the flying V will be back in our lives sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, that's all for TV and shows on my end. One other thing that I wanted to bring up as far as snacks goes, Betty Crocker is now going to start selling Dunkaroos icing. I had that on my list too. <laughs> so, if you're a fan of Dunkaroos, um, and most people that like Dunkaroos obviously like it because of the icing, you will now be able to go and buy strictly the icing from your local grocery store, and you can put that shit on just about anything, and it will be delicious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I got from from that aspect of things. So this week I tried. Uh, we, we had previously talked about. Uh, Turner's Dairy here in Pittsburgh, they were releasing an, a collaboration milk with uh, Oakmont Bakery called the Oakmonter Milk. I found that this week it was released. Uh, it was really good, but didn't really taste anything different than chocolate milk. Maybe just like a little bit creamier, but, you know, so if, if you like chocolate milk, you want to try it, it's good. It's not, doesn't taste any, anything bad. It just tastes like chocolate milk. Um. One thing that I am getting excited for, I heard it's available at Walmart already, so I might have to do a Walmart run soon, is Nestle's releasing a Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk. And I'm all about Cinnamon Toast Crunch, so I need to, I need to try give that a try. Um, oh, I need to make a drink with that. Mix some rum chata in there, and boom, you're good to go. <laughs> you're getting, getting uh, loose with the chocolate milk. <laughs> um, and then... Probably the weirdest thing I found this week for snacks is for Valentine's Day, Kraft is coming out with a pink mac and cheese. 
No, it's, hard it's called Kraft Candy Mac and Cheese. So it's going to be pink and sweet. No, hard mm-hmm. pass. I don't need my macaroni and cheese to taste like the box of the box of chalk hearts. Like, no, nah, I'll pass. Crab <laughs> yeah. mac and cheese is trash anyway. <laughs> no adult be eating it. No, 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 no. You don't mix that easy mac up in the microwave. Oh, hell <laughs> no. Oh, no. Hey, easy mac, easy mac got me through my first year of college, so I'm I'm yeah. not gonna. Uh, not going to completely shit on Easy Mac. Will I eat it now? Absolutely not. But back then, it was like, yo, I got Easy Mac in a dorm room. It's a day. <laughs> it, it is a day. So, uh, I, if nobody else got anything else, we can hop into our pick three here for the intro before we jump into the rest of the show. Yeah, I'll do pick three. I have two quick things, though. Uh, HBO Max released this week that Justice League, the Snyder's Cut, is going to come out March uh, 18th. Four hours. You gonna have four hours to sit down and watch Justice League? Not yeah. that. No. Maybe an hour at a time. You scheduling out some time. I don't know. I don't I don't know how adding additional time onto that movie will make that movie any better than the trash that it was whenever it was released. So yeah. I uh, I'm gonna wait to see what people have to say about it before I attempt to to sit down for four hours and watch that. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and then just one other one, History Channel announced this week uh, that Tim Allen and Richard Karn are getting back together. Um, they're kind of doing like a home permit reunion in a way, but it's going to be for a reality competition where people are going to make stuff and I guess they're going to judge it. But they're going to be on the set of Tool Time like as they do it. So kind of I'll, I'll pass on that too. <laughs> if Wilson's not behind the fence, I don't need to see it. So. Wilson ain't coming back. So yeah, I know. Unfortunately. I know. So. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, since, you know, unfortunately, um, there were some, some big names in the world of, of, I guess, film that, that passed away this week. Um, Cloris Leachman passed away. She was, I believe, 94. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, why am I blanking on the other? Tyson, 97. Cicely Tyson. Cicely Tyson. I couldn't. I Cicely. I couldn't think of the last name. Um, yeah. Also, so two, um, I, you know, iconic individuals um, that lived full lives. 90, 94, 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Um, and both who had pretty much worked up to the end of their career too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cicely Tyson won a Tony back in like twenty thirteen. So, go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. The crazy thing was she was on, um, what do they call live with uh, Kelly Ripa? She was on there yesterday. She had pre-taped the interview, so she had died, and then the next day she was on TV. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, uh, not to end the intro on a somber note, let's jump into this pick three here. Um, a little interesting one for you guys to play along with this week, and we will be focusing in on. Kids movies that came out back in the day when we were younger. Um, this is our childhood. This is this is definitely our childhood here. Um, so we have Sandlot, Little Rascals, Blank Check, Holes, Airbud, Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, Space Jam, Richie Rich, My Girl, Home Alone, and Matilda. So, gentlemen, you can pick three. We'll start from bottom up. Jason, what three are you picking? Look, I'm going. This was tough in the beginning, but I made some uh, some eliminations. Uh, so I'm gonna go Sandlot, 
I'm going to go Little Giants and Space Jam. Uh, Mighty Duck was on the there, but... Sticking with the sports theme? Yeah, always. Mighty Duck was on there, but I tossed that. And then My Girl, if I watch that today, I'm going to cry. So I got to kick that off. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought My Girl was going to be on your list. because I thought you like that. Too. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. It's going to make me cry and be on my top list. This ain't one <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I'm gonna go kids movies that made me cry, you know, Land Before Time, My Girl, those, those two, Bambi, those those will probably be the three that I would pick. If I'm gonna Bridge the kids movies that made me cry. <laughs> I don't know if I ever saw that one, Jason. Oh, it's rough. Oh. All right, Chris, what do you got? Pick three. All right, I'm going Home Alone, Mighty Ducks, and The Sandlot. And I I went back and forth on a couple, but just like I. I especially wanted to put Little Giants on there. like that. That's one of my favorites, too. And yeah. I love Blank Check. And I love Little Rascals, too. But it's just like, for quality, I went, okay, which movie's better? Like, I started comparing. I was like, ah, those three, those are those are movies, like, those three I could watch anytime. Really, any of those things. But Look, Becky the Icebox is why I love women's sports. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Little Giants is a great movie. Uh, for me, Sandlot, because I was a baseball player when I was younger, so that's automatic on the board. Little Giants, because I was a football player again, and the Mighty Ducks. I went straight sports theme for sure. Home Alone was number four, because I don't need to see Home Alone like every single year. So This, uh, th- this would have been way easier if it would have said get rid of three, because I would have got rid of Holes, Air Bud, and Matilda. Um, yeah. So- yeah, no, th- those would have been the three to get off the list. But uh, as far as picking three and keeping three, I I struggle with this so much this week. Um, Blank, tra- Blank Check and Richie Rich are two highly underrated movies um, when we were growing up that were awesome. Um, Richie Rich, you know, that's one of the reasons why if I ever get money, I'm going to put a Rita's ice machine in my house. Um, <laughs> we walk in and get McDonald's right there. I'm going to do that with Rita's ice and make gelatos all day long. Jason um, would do the McDonald's just like Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Vic here shouting out Little Giant, Sandlot, and Home Alone. Holes is a sleeper. You know what? I've never actually seen Holes, so I can't comment too much on that, but because it be along. I actually just watched Holes for the first time whenever uh, Disney Plus came out. It's not okay. bad. No, it's not bad. So back to my pick three. I'm gonna go with Sandlot. I'm gonna go with Little Giants, and I'm gonna go with the Flying V and keep the Mighty Ducks. Those will be my 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 pick three. Um, anybody else out there? You guys tuning in? Uh, feel free to. As we go through the, the show, um, give us your, your shout-outs to pick three. And stay tuned to the end of the episode because we will definitely get into what is now the world-famous and world-renowned and most-viewed One Gotta Go. We will be playing that at the end of the show, uh, which we will do every week until we, want, until we run out of questions. I think I have two or three packs total, so we might be okay. good for a bit. All right, so stay tuned for that at the end of the show. And with that, let's get, let's get into it. All right, gentlemen, welcome to Bell to Bell. 
another busy week in wrestling. Um, just a reminder, though, last night uh, we went live, did our Royal Rumble predictions. So if you want to check out what we had to say about Ross, SmackDown, the upcoming Royal Rumble this weekend, go back on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can watch that on demand whenever you'd like. Um, but as for you know some of the stuff that we didn't cover this week, I think probably the biggest news coming out of the week was that starting uh, March 18th, the WWE Network is going to be moving to Peacock in the United States. Yes, sir. That was that was the big uproar and, and had everybody talking until, um, you know, everything happened with Robin Hood during the week. So um, <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts, feelings, issues, concerns? So um, now, will, this, will this still be a network? It'll be no, on Peacock. Just all on Peacock. So yeah. once... So once March 18th, you won't go to the WWE app for anything in the network. You'll, so you'll, we'll, go, you'll go to we'll Peacock and... Say that again, Jason? What will other countries do? They'll so still have the, the network. Okay. If, that was just the U.S. Yeah, together or... Yeah, it was just a U.S.-based deal. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just mm-hmm. like in Canada, they can't, They have theirs as like... The way they wanted it originally, whenever the network launched, Canada got it that way, where it's a TV show on their cable, mm-hmm. and then they can have all, all access to everything else on demand. Also, oh, to like play like the schedule does on the app itself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I um. So I think if you, uh, I get Peacock through Comcast. So mm-hmm. whether or not I will get everything once the network moves over. I'm not sure how that's going to work or if I'm actually going to have to sign up for Peacock separately and pay the, I, I believe if you, if you get the four ninety nine deal, um, which was half the price of what the network is now, you get, you know, access to everything on Peacock and everything that's on the, the network itself. Um, so the so way I, that you get with that, so Peacock has three levels. They have the free level, they have a four ninety nine, and then they have a nine ninety nine. Um, if you get the free level, you just have minimal access to, to things. Hmm. If you have the four ninety nine, which is what Comcast gives us for free, is what they call Peacock Premium. Um, so you get access to everything. You just get you have like ads or commercials mixed in with stuff. And then if you pay the nine ninety nine a month, it's the same thing as premium. You just don't get ads or commercials. It's all ad free. Now is this is this just a deal for a select amount of time? Five so years. Five years. Deal. Five years. No, I mean like um like say through Comcast, you and Peacock. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't know what the arrangement is with Comcast and yeah. Peacock. Um, so they're gonna start charging you after a certain amount of time. Yeah, they haven't said that. Right now, they've just said that's included. It's if you're a Comcast yeah. because they yeah, it's, it's them. The same company. You know, it's yeah. Their company. Yeah. 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 So I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out with the ads. Like, I, I don't, you know. I don't I mind. Yeah. Just don't put ads on during live pay-per-views, and, and I'm okay. Um, you know, that, that's all. It, it would be no different than, you know, watching a, going back and watching an old, you know, WrestleMania or old Royal Rumble and getting an ad pop up just like I'm, I'm watching something on YouTube where I where I get an ad and, and can skip them and, and keep watching the show. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I know like beginning of the week, everybody had their, their panties in a bunch and got all riled up because, you know, um, uh, they were worried about stuff going away and, and not you know, being able to, to keep the network every other weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like 
people gotta people gotta actually open the articles and read them. They're just yeah. throwing off of the headlines, and they see <laughs> they see the net. You know, Peacock will be the 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 streaming provider for the network moving forward, and people get all riled up, but they don't actually open up the articles and read them to see how the deal works out, what's actually involved with it. Now, there'll be more information released in the meantime. Um, they mentioned that on, on the broadcast on Raw this week, that you know more info, more info will be released prior to the to the move over. But it should be a streamless move to anybody that has the network account and all that will get moved over. Um, and you shouldn't have any issues. But we'll, we'll see when, when March 18th comes, if, if anything happens and, and causes it to go to shit. So March 18th is the move. That's Sunday, March 21st, is Fastlane. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, that short amount of time, how they'll, if they'll be able to pull off, you know, a decent stream. Um, You know, Peacock streams, you know, live sports already. So they should have the capability. Now, do you think this is leading to Vince looking at Dana White and seeing the model that Dana White has with ESPN Plus to where, you uh, you sign up, you pay the subscription, but yet you still have to purchase the pay per view. I think so. Vince is going with this to where, hey, you're paying your four ninety nine or nine ninety nine, but guess what? You're still gonna have to if you want to watch WrestleMania, you're gonna have to cough up seventy bucks. Yeah. I think for the I, I think for the big four, it will happen with them for sure. But I think for the lower tier pay per views, I don't think that much. But the I big think four it- definitely. I think 2021 we're going to be fine. Like I don't think any, any changes yeah. are going to come this year, but I think possibly next year that there could be some changes. That'll be interesting whenever we get time for that and that change comes to see how that actually affects. I mean, WrestleMania probably is safe to say that if, if people are going to spend money on one pay-per-view a year, if we have to go back to purchasing pay-per-views, if you know, um, then that that'll be the one people will, will cough up money for. Mm-hmm. Um, I just you know after after getting everything for for ten bucks a month for how many years now I don't see people wanting to continue to pay that ten and then drop another say two hundred dollars two hundred twenty dollars total on four or five pay per views throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, given how things are in the times, um, it is interesting that this deal was struck now. Don't know how long it's been in the works, but uh, the fact that they are doing it and they're they're moving, um, I, like I said, I think Vince looked at Dana White. I know ESPN is upset with this move because they were in talks with WWE for the network for the streaming rights. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to transpire. This, come this out has been that. in the works for at least a year, if not more. Um, because last year at this time, whenever I was listening into one of their the Q1 stockholder calls, they were saying they last year during Q1, they were expecting to make this announcement. So here we are a year later that it actually happened. I think they were trying to put in place last year for WrestleMania. But at the same time, I think last year the player was ESPN Plus because that was, that was a rumor for a while, and Peacock wasn't even launched at that time. So. Right. I guess in the end, it worked out the best for them, you know, to hold off on making an announcement. Uh, the interesting thing that I kind of see out of this is uh, the viewership to see how that changes. You know, the, at, at its peak, the WWE Network had 1.6 million subscribers. And usually that's like around WrestleMania time. That's when WWE usually touts those numbers because people usually sign up for WrestleMania each year. 
Right. Um, right now, Peacock has 33 million subscribers. That's a big difference. That's a lot more eyes that could be on your product. Yeah, true. Um, not uh, now. Not everybody that has Peacock is going to be a WWE fan, but maybe right, well, they used to be a casual fan. Here's the flip side to that coin. Um, rumor, rumor that I saw this week is that NXT will now move off of USA and be on Peacock. Okay. Um, ratings wise. We saw this with when the Premier League, you know, went off of, of, you know, went on to, to Peacock off of, you know, NBC Sports Network. Um, that that hurt them as far as ratings go. Hockey mm-hmm. hasn't done really well. Um, so, do you think with the ratings being what they are for USA for Netflix or for NXT, if they do you have to go into Peacock to watch NXT on Wednesday nights? Is that going to hurt them more? There might be a lot of people like me, like me just logging onto an app is just like time consuming. It's just like, I'm, uh, let me just flip the channel and be there. Instead of having a power up app, search for something. Nah. I'll watch, so, but. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but that's the rumor is that, you know, NXT will, will at some point move off of USA and, and be on Peacock. That's how NXT kind of got started, anyways. It was a network exclusive, mm-hmm. so. And I didn't you know, watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, just yeah, so- I did, but you know, it's. I don't know if people will definitely tune in. I I would probably watch on demand later, not not necessarily tune in live. I'd watch mm-hmm. on demand. Well, just some some other quick hitters as far as network stuff. Um, and then a couple quick announcements before we actually get into promotions and shows and stuff this week. Uh, Sunday night after the Rumble on their network, the WWE Icons series premieres with Yoko Zuna. Uh, I'm nice. excited. I'm excited to watch this one. Um, I hated Yoko Zuna as a kid growing up. <laughs> um, you know, but learning more about him, the older that I've gotten and, and his ties into the bloodline and, and the family um, and, and everything that he was um, as far as a, as a man and a human being. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think this will be a, a real treat for those um, that may not know much about him besides the on-screen character. So there's that on the WWE Network. Um, he was the head of the table for a bit. He was the head of the table for, for a while there. He definitely was. Um, the only man to beat uh, Bret Hart and ended Hulkamania. Oh, he's a plus in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if, if you guys want to if you guys want to know some more about Yokozuna before this premieres, go into Conrad and Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle with, um, and search their archives for the episode they did on Yokozuna. It was a it was a good podcast. Um, I the next thing that I'm going to bring up, I only bring up with the preface that I'm mentioning it because of the fact that they are on the network now, and you can go back and watch all their pay per views and shows. But there was an announcement this week from Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW, uh, breaking ECW will be making its return for the first time since 2001, and will include a three-hour special live. On social media, more details will be out soon. Hashtag wrestling Twitter. 
and that comes from the Extreme Championship Wrestling Twitter account. I think that's the same guy that tried to pull the WCW shit a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, take it. If it's, if it's not from at WWE. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I say the brought it up because I, I, I specifically thought of that exact day whenever I saw it. I was like, well, I'm just going to mention this because, you know, knowing that um, I highly doubt that that, that is going to be something that, that's true. But um, just, just funny to mention it there. Um, and then, um, and this will, you know, tie into NXT, but. Chris Hero started a, a podcast this week with Conrad Thompson on the ads, ads free shows and um, clips from it came out really good, really insightful, done really well. I, I didn't think I would be excited to hear Chris Hero talk about wrestling and, and his time at NXT and everything else, but it is really good, done really well. Conrad, again, hits it out of the ballpark knowing how to um, work with each person that he does a show with and get the best out of them and draw in an audience for that specific individual. So I'll be looking forward to listening to more of that uh, in the future as well. Conrad is a busy man because he he also announced this week that him and Kurt Angle are going to be doing a podcast starting on February 7th. Like that's what seven or eight shows that he does now. So I think Angle, not that not that something to wrestle with is going to go away completely, but given the given the schedule and the time constraints, um, and, and them, you know, trying to get with Bruce and trying to record on a weekly basis, just has been an issue. The longer that Bruce has been in in back in with the WWE, so I believe, you know, not saying that that's going to go away completely. And Conrad himself came out and said that it, it's not going away completely, but. The, these other things, as far as with Hero and with Angle, I think will will be him uh, taking that time that he would have been spending with Bruce and putting okay. it into into those those two shows um, to to add to his podcast plethora of shows and and what he does is, I mean, a, a true true genius, true innovator as far as wrestling podcasting goes. He is the yeah. man and the the Ric Flair of, of this world when it comes to wrestling podcasts. So he may not have been the original, but he damn sure came close to perfecting it if he hasn't perfected it. And, um, you know, somebody that, that if you're wanting to get into this, this space in this realm, somebody that you should definitely listen to on how he approaches his craft. All right. Sure. Enough, enough with the announcements. Let's get into the, the jazz of the week. Would you guys watch where you want to start? Um, Anything that stands out that you want to hop into right away? No silence. All right, well, let's yeah. start with the beginning of the week. Let's go with uh, Impact on Tuesday nights. Okay. Um, good show, another good show this week um, from from Impact and their crew. Um, we did get an announcement that Tommy Dreamer will be facing the Impact World Champion Rich Swan. Dreamer um, announcement came out on Dreamer's birthday, so he turned fifty and. He uh, will be getting an impact title shot at No Surrender. Um, I'm not mad at it. Go ahead, throw it out there. Um, You know, add add on to the card. We already have on on that card, we have the Good Brothers against uh, Private Party. 
for the Impact Tag Team Championship. So, um, you know, two title matches already set up for that card with, with a couple weeks to go. So, mm-hmm. not mad at it at all. But another solid show from Impact this week on Tuesday night. Twitch streams were up around, I think, over 8,000. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, not bad. You didn't have, you know, no Kenny Omega, no Don Callis. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they've been moving along and, and keeping keeping viewers at a at a much uh, higher clip than previously. Was did private party come back this week? They were not on the show this week, no. Um so I really do like the change in the commentary booth. Um Matt Striker and, and D Lo are, are good together. Um D Lo will get more comfortable the more he does it, but Striker is striker to me is an improvement over Josh Matthews. Not that Matthews is, is horrible, but um, I, I just prefer Striker's style and, and the the presentation that he's able to provide while he's doing commentary is is more to my liking than than what Josh Matthews did. So I think that's a big step up for them that'll that'll help them going forward. Yeah, no, I agree. Matt Striker is a great commentator. Loved him in WWE and even whenever he was doing uh, Lucha Underground, right? Solid stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get the I get the Lucha vibes from him and D'Lo. Um, you know, the just the storytelling and 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 drawing out different aspects. And they they D'Lo does a good job of pointing out things that people may not notice because he was an in ring performer for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 got off to a really good start here. Um, but another solid show from them. Going forward to tuning in next week um, and, and watching them. Wednesday night. This is up into Wednesday night. Then MLW kicked off the kicked off the Wednesday night wars at seven o'clock with uh, MLW Fusion. Great show this week. Um, we had Richard Holiday, Savio Vega, and Caribbean Strap Match. We had ACH and Jacob Fatu. Um, MLW continues to hit it out of the park. You know, they brought in. That was the strap match. Strap match was really good. Uh, Really good. And if you haven't been, if you weren't paying attention or don't know, but the, uh, the, I guess, infamous NBA referee, referee Tim Donahue, who got busted for the, uh, I guess, fixing the games. Fixing games, for lack of a better word. (laughs) <laughs> he made his MLW debut as the referee that screwed Savio Vega from winning back the Caribbean strap match. Wow. So like a throwback to the Hebner twins and uh, Nick Patrick. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But if you don't know who, if you don't know who he is, when you're watching it, you have no, like that connection didn't, when I was watching it, it, it's been so long since I've seen his face because, obviously, I would know his face to see it. It, it. His face is just still in my head for some reason. <laughs> so like, I didn't, I didn't catch it at first, and then it wasn't until the end of the match when they went to the finish, and you see how he's, how he's, you know, screwing over Savia and leaves with Richard Holiday. I'm like, is that? I'm like, oh shit! They really quit by really pulled this out. Like, this is this is perfect. Like, this is done beautifully. Like, people were, I you know, people were were. I guess some people were bashing it and and didn't understand like why would you bring that person in? But 
that person is perfect for a pro wrestling angle, for a pro yeah. wrestling storyline. Like, it writes itself. He's a dirty referee. Why would you think he wouldn't help Richard Holiday? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you turn shame into a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was done really well. Um, Moreno Kid and Zen Shi had a match on this card that was, that was good. Laredo Kid is a star. Um, for those of you that don't watch AAA, absolute star in the making. Um, he will be getting his break in the States at some point in time for sure. So, Was that for the AAA Cruiserweight Championship this week? Yep. yep. It was for the AAA Cruiserweight Championship. So that was, that was a good match. Um, some points, I don't know whether it was like communication or just the angles that they shot the match at some point you could see like the setup to stuff. So it, I don't know. It was, I think it was more camera work in, in the shots at the time that they were shooting that particular stuff where you saw the, the collaborative effort between the two, instead of it being the, the hard hitting fast paced Lucha Libre style. Um, you know, so, but no, another solid show from MLW. Like they, to me, that is one of the more enjoyable hours of wrestling that I watched during the week. And Court Bauer continues to just put on a, a, a very strong product, good storytelling. And he literally has, since the Fusion's come back, I mean, he, he probably has a solid, I'd say, five to six different storylines going at once and and is is telling them and progressing them in a in a really good fashion so kudos to court for for what he's done with mlw and the talent they got there he has some more surprises um throughout the year that he's led on in interviews that he's done so i'm excited to see what else and who else will show up in in, in mlw as the, the year progresses but that's that um Let's jump into to big league stuff, even though MLW and Impact are are not, you know, small time by any means. But just get into to what people come to know as far as wrestling on Wednesday nights. AEW Dynamite and NXT. Um, any show you guys want to start out with particularly? Let's go with NXT. All right. Well, go ahead. Kick it off. What you got? Um, I mean another. Solid show with NXT, very, very heavily focused on the Dusty Classic for the men's and the women's again this week. Um, what, was there like three or four matches that were just tag matches this week, I think? Yeah, not all of them were with the yeah. Dusty Cup. But when they're done with the women's side of the cup, they, yeah. I, you know, they, they put it on Friday nights with 205 Live. They had yeah. they had two of the women's first-round matches on, on that show there. Um, so They did some of the men's, too, on there. So if you don't watch that, then you're not going to see it, um, which kind of takes away from it. But I can see why, you know, why you do that. Or otherwise, you'd have literally two hours of just tag team wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing yeah. this week from NXT for me was – the continuation of what's the what's the relationship between the undisputed era and Finn Balor? Uh, wh- where's this going? You know, wh- how is this going to head? You know, they we we talked a little bit about this last night, but you know, they they showed the Imperium video that looks like you know they're going to be getting back together on NXT. So is that going to be mm-hmm. is that going to lead to something? You know, because we, we talked about before that you know is Finn Balor going to be the guy to dethrone Walter in the UK? 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I like the I like the story to tell him with the with those four. I don't know how long Bobby Fish is out for. Does anybody know how long he's out for? I haven't heard anything. Like they've been real hush hush on that since war games. So yeah. I don't know how serious it's been. He hasn't really referenced anything on his social media about it. So I don't know if that's them telling him to to stay quiet, um, out of sight, out of mind. But I like the uh, I like the ending of mm. the match when you know the undisputed era. You had O'Reilly, then Balor, then then Cole, then Strong, and Balor like slowly walked in to be in line with those three. And it was just a it was a visual. Like I said, they they keep dropping these little clues with this story, you know, whether it's a look between the four of them, whatever the case may be, but they keep dropping these, these visuals where there's no words spoken, but it's just something that the eye sees that, you know, okay, like you said, where is this going? And I, I, I'm curious as much as the next person to see how it's going to play out and what it's going to lead to, if anything. Yeah. You, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Imperium because, you know, last year it was going to be Balor, working in NXT UK to, to go with Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, they, they threw a little curveball in um, as far as plans for Karrion Cross potentially, with uh, they gave, Scarlett did her little vignette segment, and then later on in the show, you saw the card placed on Santos Escobar's bag. So I don't know if they're going to jump straight into Cross and Balor, as what I initially thought would be the the takeover match um, for the for the belt. Maybe we'll get Dunn and Balor instead, and and Cross will will go after Escobar. Um, but Dunn and Balor would be amazing. Dunn and Balor will be really good, mm-hmm. really that, good. That's another match of the year contender right there. You know, just as good as what Kyle O'Reilly and, and Balor had, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much like with the cruiserweight title being a cruiserweight mm-hmm. title. I don't know if Cross makes sense there because like he's not a cruiserweight, and they've been real. They've been real strict on like keeping that cruiserweight title official. So yeah, you know, let Buddy Murphy come back and, and go after Escobar. He tweeted that out. So why not let Murphy go back after that? He's not doing nothing on SmackDown. He, you know, that him and Aaliyah storyline has, has completely dropped off the face of the earth. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the Mysterios had him deported or put him in witness protection, but he hasn't been seen since that angle stopped. Um, now that, uh, now that, uh, flights are picking back up, maybe, uh, we can finally see Jordan Devlin and return with his cruiserweight championship too. And that and and that's funny that you bring that up because apparently the WWE filed some, I guess some legal paperwork, not legal action, but filed legal paperwork surrounding um, international flights and trying to get people back over here for performers that that aren't based in the United States. So maybe we'll start to see. Um, you know, Devlin come over and, and Walter. Um, it's it's a little odd that they're bringing that they're bringing Imperium here mm. with NXT UK getting started back up and running. Yeah. So, because you know, know, there's not going to be a lot of back and forth like there used to be right now. Right. 
Right. So you can't do that. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to tell, you know, a, a longer story, um, then you're going to have to do it. And I guess they, they chose to do it mm -hmm. here instead of over there. So um, I like yeah. the team. Uh, you know, I like Dakota and Raquel um, on the women's side of things. I think they should be the ones to to win the women's cup, have them face Ember and Shotzi in the final. Would you say? Would you say, Jay? Yeah. You're cut. You're cutting out. We have technical difficulties on Jay's end. I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely a delay on your end, Jason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, MSK MSK continues to roll. Um, the former formal rascals, but I will always refer to them as the rascals. Um, Have we found but, out what MSK stands for yet? No, but to to jump back to Impact real quick, the big surprise on Impact this week was the return of Trey Miguel. Oh. So he is back with Impact. He came out as the, the fourth member in the eight-man tag of the main event of Impact. So that uh, seems to end the speculation of whether or not he will go to WWE or AEW. He showed back up at Impact on Tuesday nights. With a, with a new look, um, new, in, new intensity, new gear, so he's, you know, completely shed that rascal's label, and, and I expect big things from him to come in the upcoming year in Impact. Anything else on NXT? I, thought it was an, I mean, I thought it was an okay show. The, the numbers came in. The ratings were up a little bit this week for them, um, <laughs> up about 200,000, yeah. close to it. They were they were a lot closer to AEW's number for, as far as ratings go, but when it comes to demographics, AEW still still pretty much kicked the shit out of NXT on Wednesday night. Um, There's supposedly some technical issues with some people with TNT this week, so that could have been the reason people just switched yeah. over to NXT for the night. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, with NXT, it was an okay show. I mean, I'm I'm running on like Rumble High right now so yeah but that's so that's crazy because like they have a takeover in two weeks yeah <laughs> so for it just to feel like just an okay show like mm -hmm. yeah it, i don't i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing um and a takeover with absolutely no marketing yet either yeah so it's still just labeled nxt takeover right right they've been, they've been really lax with the, the marketing on takeovers lately <laughs> no marketing no 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 clear direction as far as matches go i think we will get a triple threat for the women's belt at that takeover tony storm as jason has her shirt on uh tony storm mercedes uh, mercedes martinez and eo for the women um <laughs> that'll be a really good match potentially Balor and dunn i think you'd say um then you'd have the two finals for the two Dusty Cups. Um, so that's four matches on a takeover there. Normally yeah. takeovers are, what, five matches long? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So there, Maybe your, the crews will wait if they throw something in with that. So there's your there's your card there. Um, yeah, normally takeovers be happening tonight, the day before Rumble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or at least Worlds Collide, something yeah. usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Let's jump over to the other side of the coin on Wednesday mm -hmm. nights and AEW. I say nothing, but I'm, I say anything, but I'm going KC and uh, 
Casey, another one. Sign <laughs> <laughs> under the bottom rope again. Yep. <laughs> All right, Dynamite this week. What do you guys think about Dynamite? Um, the show itself. I bet. You, I bet you, if you have not seen this, I bet you you can't guess what was the highest rated segment from the show this week on Dynamite. <laughs> was it a uh, Shaq? <laughs> Close, but no, it wasn't Shaq. Was it Cody? It was Cody's segment, but the the highest rated part of Dynamite this week was Red Velvet's promo during that segment. Okay. Mm-hmm had the highest number. Um, I mean, I, I thought that was kind of expected for her to get added into this match, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially after she, inter- you know, with the interference from Jade, you know, however many weeks back ago that was in the back. And then, um, you know, whenever they were in uh, Britt Baker's segment two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was, this was the natural, natural fill in for Brandy. Once the pregnancy announcement was made. I like, um, I've liked Red Velvet, you know, whenever I watched her on Dark and a little bit that she's been on Dynamite. So I think this match, to me, I don't care about Cody and Shaq whatsoever. But to see what Red Velvet and Jade do in this match, to see how their stock can elevate in AEW, that's that's going to be what to watch here. Yeah, I thought um, since, we were, since we're talking about women here, I thought Britt Baker and Shayna was a really good match this week mm-hmm. on Dynamite. Uh Britt Baker, man, her transformation from when she first started in 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 AEW on Dynamite um, to where she's at now, and I didn't realize she was only five years into the business until they said that on commentary this week. Mm-hmm. I thought she was in it longer, so I mean, felt like it. Yeah, yeah, like it really did. Like what she has accomplished in five years is pretty damn impressive. I mean, um, she was really doing it part time while she was in school. Right, and then a lot of like she traveled a, a little bit, but you know most of her work was done here in IWC in Elizabeth. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, but I thought the women's match was good this week. Um, you know the stuff with Hangman, I guess getting another another layer added to that storyline, and Matt Hardy going uh, with this big money Matt Carney pro- promoter manager character um, to take more of a a backstage role. Um, interesting to see how that turns out and plays out here uh, with that. I thought, obviously, what stole the night for me and I think was the match that stole the week was Jungle Boy and Dax from FTR, their match this week. JR said it before. He, he said Jungle Boy is going to be a star. I think Jungle Boy, you know, Chris, we talked about this when we first started doing the podcast. If AEW sticks around, you know, 10 years from now, you look at who the the faces of that company are going to be as far as, you know, main people and, and main foes. Uh, and we said, you know, Jungle Boy and MJF um, would be the, the two that we would pick as far as who would be leading the, the fray there, that, you know, a decade down the road. Um, and I don't see that stopping. He had a really good showing on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jungle Boy actually kind of reminds me of when Cody Rhodes started. You know, when Cody came in and was with, uh, you know, at the at first Bob Holly, and then did uh, Priceless with with Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, legacy and Legacy with Orton, yeah. And that's kind of the comparison that I see with him. And 
you know, Cody over the years, because when Cody started, he was just nothing but skin and bones. Just right. real thin, and he's bulked up and, you know, kind of got into that. He can now be a player. You know, you can now see him in bigger matches. And if I think if Jungle Boy can kind of do that type of elevation too, I think, you know, he could be potentially a main eventer in the company. I think with that, with that match also did on Wednesday night for me, you see him so much with Luchasaurus, you think he's a little guy. Mm-hmm. But he was damn near as tall as Dax. Yeah, he was. You know what I mean? So, like, I I lost the, the oh, he's just a small guy. He, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, he's actually, like, six foot tall and can actually get, you know, be in the ring with, with, with anybody. Like, um, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's only done – I mean, he's done it for a good – good while now because they talked what when he was 16 i think his dad got him involved like doing some training so he's been doing it for a little bit you know but now he's you know now it's become that repetitiveness that he probably didn't have as much before right and uh i don't know what what you guys will think about this but i I think the other match that i really enjoyed was eddie kingston and lance archer i fell asleep on that twice Lance Archer beat the shit out of Kingston that whole match. They literally, yeah, that's what they did. They literally when, beat the shit out of him. When he choke slammed him, you know, onto the outside of the ring and he, he hit his hip, I'm sitting there goes like, I don't know if that was how they planned that or if that went differently. But because I actually kind of thought the way that he was doing it, I thought he was going to choke slam right onto the, onto the, the mat. Yeah. And then like he hit that, the apron. I was like, oh, I was like, I could have that could have broken his hip right there, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they beat the shit out of each other. And and with Eddie winning, I think that's that's just going to continue this going on more and more. Well, they made the announcement that they that them two will be in a lumberjack match at Beach Break this Wednesday. Okay, Lance so, Archer can't do anything good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, <laughs> You can help an old lady across the street. No. You still boot that man. Yeah. <laughs> um, we saw Sting uh, vignette from Sting and Darby, and then also one from Taz and Team Taz uh, hyping up and, and promoting their street fight that'll take place at Revolution on March 7th. Uh, would be the end of February, but they moved it based on NBA games, I believe. Or yeah. all the NBA All Star break. Yeah, NBA All Star, and then What's and then they're supposed to do they're supposed to do March sixth, and We're then that got delayed. What'd you say? We're drawing us out till March. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna string this along until March. We were supposed to do they're supposed to do March sixth, and then I think there's a UFC fight and something else that night, and they decided to move it to Sunday the seventh instead. Gosh. So. To a Sunday, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they 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 did announce that they won't move it again. So it will be the seventh, regardless of if NBA moves their All Star All Star game or weekend um, to that night. It, it will stay the seventh and, and go on. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it is going to be a long build. Um, I think you're going to have to. You can't have them do this type of stuff every single week. I think you you let them you let them go off air um, for a while, and then you bring them back closer to, you know, two weeks before the show, and and do a promo segment, vignettes, 
maybe a face off the week before, and then you have the match. So, uh, so yeah. So which with beach break this this upcoming Wednesday. So hopefully they probably won't be a part of that. They should keep them off TV, and then yeah, it's still three weeks of build up. That's a lot. Hey, those merchandise guys, boy, they was taking some hell of a bumps. <laughs> I like the I like the callback to Cage throwing the the gentleman off the side of the the truck like Nash did. Ray Mysterio's best moment. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> that was one, the one time I cheered for Mysterio. Yep. Same <laughs> I thought I thought Moxley's promo in the beginning of the show was good. Um, I like him coming out and and him and Phoenix um, and in the show he the way he freaking the way Omega sold that that dirty deeds. I thought he broke his neck. Yeah, like I was like, oh shit, he he's hurt. Like he and they the camera shot right after that after Mox got up, it was Omega with his face to the side and like you couldn't tell if he was breathing or not. So like. I thought it was done, done, done really well. Um, I agree. That that triple threat, I think, will be really good at the, as the main event of Beach Break. Um, I, I I think that'll be a good showing there. And uh, two other things. Obviously, we had the first match announcement from the AEW Women's Number One Contender Tournament: Serena D versus Rio. So Rio is going to be on her way back. And they said the American side of the bracket. So are they splitting this up into like American side and international side? It looks like the, the looks like on the promo it's American and Japanese. That's what it looked like to me on the promo. Well, that's interesting that you put Rio on the American side of the bracket. And you're kicking you're kicking two players. You yeah, would be the Japanese side because Serena D would be the American. So, uh, so is it? So each match is going to be one from each side, or are they doing, or are they doing an American side and a Japanese side, and then they'll meet in the finals? The way this started, I thought it was going to be you were going to get like a, each match was going to be one versus each other, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes more as more matches are announced. All right, well, we're dumb marks, and we really didn't pay much attention that much attention to it. So, uh, <laughs> they haven't really said much either. This is that's true. Too, they said. You take one of them out early on. Like I hate when they have like I hate when they have big matches like in the first round. That's yeah. That is the first round match. Yeah. 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 That's the pool you win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the uh, because the cruiserweight they did that with Gargano and Chompa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they did that Mm -hmm. with the May Young. They always have like a couple matches that are big ones. And then the the other thing on Dynamite the tag team. Is it Battle Royale or, or Tag Team Gauntlet or whatever they're doing for the Yeah, it's gonna be a Battle Royale. Number one contender. Um Did you like the tease at the end where the Bucks said because they got inserted in the match if they win, they can pick whoever they wanted and they turned and looked at the good brothers to say, Hey, if we win, we're gonna we're gonna pick you. Yep, there's your winner right there. That's the match. That's the match everybody wanna see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something then would you add that to the potentially rumored to be battle of the belts that they trademarked? How we said we were gonna get 
you know, champions versus champions from different promotions, and we get Kenny versus Rich Swan. We get Young Bucks versus Good Brothers. After last night, we get Moxley versus Kenta because Moxley attacked Kenta on New Japan strong last night, which was just sent the freaking internet into a buzz um, <laughs> after he showed up there last night and attacked him. Um, I wouldn't be mad at that. No, no, the way they were, I think this is supposed to be whoever wins this battle royal gets the shot at Revolution. Excuse me, at Revolution. Um, so maybe we start getting the tease from it now, uh, but the payoff is at Battle of the Belts or something. Okay. Yeah, I'll be. I wonder. I wonder how they're going to book that because if if the Young Bucks do win and they get to pick their opponent at Revolution, I don't know who they who they would pick that you could then build up a story to for for a, you know a payoff at Revolution. Yeah. And I mean, if it's a, a true over the top or a battle royal, Young Bucks don't need to win. You know, whenever you do something like this, it's you're not, you're not making them look weak as the champions or anything like that. Whenever it's just a fluke that they could get eliminated, so it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to win this week. But you know, you could, you could go with anybody really. And but when we're the interesting thing too with this is when are they going to do this battle of the belts? Because you now yeah, have Revolution be- on March seventh, and you have Double or Nothing in end of May. So are you just going to do it in April then, or like have three pay per views in a row? Or so I think the whole battle of the belts thing is just fans speculating because they filed the trademark for it. Yeah, there's been no indication that that means anything or is going to lead to anything. I um, mean, Revolution could turn into it, or Double or Nothing could turn into it too. I don't think Double. Uh, I mean, if you if you throw it in as the tagline to Double or Nothing. Yeah. Then I'm okay with it, but don't start with the WWE taglining pay per views. Don't do that. (laughs) I don't need seven weeks of hearing Battle of the Belts like I heard greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, it's Uh, coming. Best best of the best and whatever other corny. It's going to be on the ring. You won't see it coming. It's going to be on Go Big. Um, Jesus. All right. Uh, just some other quick notes for me before before I'm done for this week in wrestling. Um, Impact their YouTube channel surpassed four million subscribers this week. So say what you will about Impact and and being dead as a promotion goes. Um, you know, to have over four million subscribers on your YouTube channel is is a is nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, I think we have three on our YouTube channel right now. So, um, granted, they've been around a lot longer than we have, but that you know, that's something to to subscribe or you know to be in, impressed about. And then I know we weren't going to talk about main roster raw and that, but I saw this from Bully Ray the other day, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, this is this is coming out after after Raw. He said, the best stories in pro wrestling often mirror real life, and this story is pretty damn real. Love it so far. And that's in two reference to Charlotte and Rick and the story with Lacey and Charlotte cutting the promo saying, you're going from legend to old man, and I have no problem saying it to your face. Do you guys agree with Boy Ray with the storyline? 
um, or in storylines in general, um, you know, either either take is fine as far as this one in particular or storylines in general. What do you guys think? Nah, because look at look at Jeff's. All Jeff's have been bad. Where they imitate life. So I don't like all the ones that do that. But I didn't mind this. My favorite part was Lacey punching in the back of the head. That was Was it the back of the head? I thought it was Charlotte turning around, Lacey catching her with the right as she turned. (laughs) I thought it was the back of the head. It might have (laughs) been. It's like Um, I'm I'm getting I'm getting Rick fatigue. That's all. That's the only thing. What? I thought everybody liked that. Hey. I mean, I, you know, if if COVID wasn't going on, I wouldn't mind this story because you know, mm-hmm. Flair. Anytime I can see Flair, it's it's Flair. Um, but well, with COVID, have- with COVID, I always got the thought in the back of my mind too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is a seventy-two-year-old man. Like, do we really need to be putting him out here with with COVID and whatnot? Considering all his health issues he's had the last few years, um, I do and think he's got the spectacle, superstar spectacle. <laughs> I, I do think this this week, this week was the was the turning point in this storyline, mm-hmm. and it got narrowed down to focusing on Rick and Charlotte, mm-hmm. different than what we've seen Rick and Charlotte before, and not so much Lacey and Charlotte. So, I think Charlotte is taking the approach that a um, yeah, Lacey's Lacey, but the real issue is with you, Dad. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're. You're, you know, you're selling yourself out here just to sell yourself, and you're tarnishing your legend and your greatness by doing what you're doing, and you're just turning into a pathetic old man. I, I can, I can rock with that story and see where it goes. I don't uh, have a problem with the story. the The question that I had this week that didn't make sense to me out of it was so the whole point of this was, I guess, early on in the story development is that Rick really turned on Charlotte. You know, it wasn't that. Charlotte did something. He turned on her with like probably Lacey in his era is what we're probably going to go with. Mm-hmm. But whenever uh, Lacey came in and did that punch onto Charlotte and then like threw her into the wall, Rick tried to go over there and like see if she was okay. It's like, well, if you turned on her, why are you going to see? I, I know she's your daughter. I get that. Mm-hmm. You, know, that you know, he probably has that care, but it's like Lacey had to move him away to take him away from her instead of checking on her. It's just like that, that didn't make sense to me, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind stories coming out of real life uh, or imitating real life. I did like the the, the callback to, you know, Flair, Flair Show and Lacey the 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 hammer lock or the wrist lock. The, the callback to Triple H and Trish, Trish. <laughs> um, which was which was which was which was really good. Um, yeah. Steph, Stephanie breaking into the locker room and Triple H's face just was. <laughs> classic in that um what the hell is going on here <laughs> so i don't mind that but as long as it's done well like jay i agree with you the the stuff with jeff hardy and the the substance abuse issues and that and we we saw that with scott hall you know yeah and it's like that that type of stuff don't i don't need that you know mm-hmm. um the whole leader and edge and matt hardy like that real life storyline that played out that was, that was that was good. That was one of the best feuds for me. It was one of the <laughs> best feuds ever. Um, yeah, they kept it contained though. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't mind it. Obviously, I think storytelling 
um, and the story in general can be better if there is some some real life uh, real life factors into it because mm-hmm. I think the the personalities that are involved in the story, the characters can sink their teeth into it more um, because it is part of of real life. So I think I think the family ones do better like family dynamics. Like when you get into like substance abuse or like uh like marriage and stuff like that, that's a little yeah. iffy. Yeah, I mean we saw this on we seen this on SmackDown, like the whole head of the table and yeah, the whole like Roman that. the whole Roman storyline, like yeah. starting out with Jay and where that is from where it began to now, like that's just that's that's been great storytelling and I've been invested in it the entire time. So I But then the, the Mysterio family story has not been good. but that that one i think that one turned to such shit because they continued it on for so long yeah it dragged out way too no there was no more momentum with that you you ran its course and the payoff should have been the payoff and that's the end of it but then you tried to pump life back into it and, Mm -hmm. and add a love angle into it and everything else and it just didn't that, it should have died at, at Raw, and, and then once the draft happened, it shouldn't even been touched on SmackDown. But yeah, no, too much. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, but uh, I, that's all I have for for Bell to Bell this week for wrestling. You guys get any any other quick hitters or anything you want to cover before we jump to jump to the next segment? Nope. Let's do it. All right, let's go. This week's Drink of the Week segment is brought to you by our newly, newly, newly shown fellow Lush. (laughs) 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 Drink expert that you see on your screens today. Vic Venom, Victor, how you doing? How's it going, man? How's it going, fellas? How y'all been? So this week's drink of the week, uh, this is our first foray into the hard liquor realm for you guys. Obviously, we've done a lot of uh, beers since we since we started the drink of the week segment. 21 weeks of beer. Yep. I I said we we became eligible to drink alcohol and we went from from beer after 21 (laughs) to hard liquor at 22. So. this week we will be doing thanks to Chris. Chris, go ahead and explain to the viewers what we're going to be doing this week on Drink of the Week. All right, this week we are trying the Terramana Blanco Tequila. So we're going to do two things for you guys this week. We have a shot of Terramana Blanco and a margarita. And this isn't just any margarita. This is technically a Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull margarita. But with, when Stone Cold makes his margaritas, he uses uh, Patron Silver, and we're using the Terramana Blanco. So I thought we're gonna try, we're gonna alter this a little bit. Yeah. So, so we call this the the Mana X Seven. It's nice. three ounces of Terramana Blanco tequila, an ounce and a half of triple sec, about an ounce to an ounce and a half of fresh lime juice, a little bit of agave nectar. You shake it all up, pour it into a glass over ice, and then you top it with an extra ounce of Grand Marnier. There is no filler in here. This is all alcohol. (laughs) I am, I am, uh, 
I'm excited for this, and I'm also <laughs> definitely afraid at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is afternoon on a Saturday, so I, I, uh, legally I'm allowed to drink afternoon on, on, a, on a daily basis. Um, so uh, I guess we will. Uh, you want to do the margarita first, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll do the shot at the end when we do our, <laughs> our cheers and give that review. I don't know what, what what's everybody want to do. Everybody want to do the shot first, then the margarita, or the margarita first. <laughs> Uh, it is what it is. Oh man, just change our, change our name to Drunk Marks. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh let's do let's do the margarita first, and then we'll we'll raise our shots at the end when we when we give our toast, and we'll we'll do those there, and then give our review of the 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 Terramana Blanco. So, um. Oh man, I I took this lid off, and the the smell of just. <laughs> wow. Now I, I'm if if I'm drinking a margarita, I prefer mine frozen. Okay. And just over ice. Um Yeah, mine's been sitting for a little bit. Yeah, it's been sitting. I did have it in the freezer for a little bit to, to keep it cold. Um, but you know, I did shake it up here. Um and yeah, so let's uh let's try the Mania X seven. Cheers, fellas, and let's uh go around the horn with our reviews afterwards. Yowie, wowie. All right, Steve, what do you think? I think my nose hair is. It doesn't matter what you think. There you go. Nice call. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Am I breathing fire right now? (laughs) So, initial thoughts right out the gate. I don't know. For all alcohol, I think it's actually kind of smooth. I will agree with you there, but for me personally, I'm, I'm going to put this back in the freezer and, and let it and let it you know get get frozen a little bit, get that slushy consistency. Say, or mix it with some ice later in the blender or something. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to do that just because I prefer the, to to drink my my margaritas that way. So, no, I agree with you. I think for everything that's in it, um, Stone Cold definitely goes goes hard with the with the recipe there. Um, yeah, that, that's a hell of a recipe, but. No, that is that is a, a very smooth, smooth, smooth margarita. I am mad at it. Not at all. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it, it wasn't bad. Like I said, I'm not a liquor drinker, so it burned a little bit. But I can get down with it if it got like some slush and stuff on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Vic Donald said yesterday after he drove home, he goes, "All I did was smell fumes the whole way home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah, supposed to be smooth too. Um, I prefer mine's on the rocks, but yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I for for this being the first liquor drink, I think that that was a good choice there, Chris. Going with the going with the margarita here, not not a bad not a bad way to go. So uh, we'll go we around the horn. Would you say, Jay? Are we judging them separately? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna judge them separately. So uh, on the as we do every week on the drink of the week here, we we rate our drinks on the one to five sumo scales. Um, you know, we we should do it on a different on a different weight scale, but because we're we're chubby kids and the sumos are in the are in the logo, um, <laughs> so Vic, we'll start with you. One to five sumos, one being terrible, five being absolutely amazing. Where would you rate them? The the Mana X Seven. I'm gonna go on. Uh, I'm gonna go a four, four out of five. Um, 
maybe a little bit too strong. I like my drinks pretty strong, but yeah, if I had it on the rocks, uh, it'd be perfect. A nice little summer day drink right there. Yeah. Jay, what do you got? In this form, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go with a four. Okay. Slushy would been would have been great. All right, Chris. I, I'm want to keep it consistent here. I'm gonna go with a four as well. I th- I think it's a smooth drink. Um, you know. I've been in the mood for a really good margarita lately, so this is hitting really nice right now. Um, I'm going to sit back probably during sports again and, and drink this a bit. So <laughs> I, actually, I actually have a double here, so that's uh, six ounces of tequila in this, plus yeah. everything else. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see how one got to go goes later. <laughs> <laughs> I go with a uh, 375. Again, I'm not a hardcore liquor drinker, so... You know, if it is something, it got to knock, knock me off my seat. So 3.75. So tequila is probably my least favorite liquor to drink. Um, there, are, there, are, <laughs> there are tequila skeletons in my closet that will remain in my closet. We will not pass those out. In real life. However, with that being said, um, and I can I can go down with this. This is this is good. I'm going to. I'm gonna go with with uh, 3.75, like Donald said. Um, if it was the if it was on the frozen side for me, I think I would have gave it a little bit more of a bump. But again, that's just how I prefer my margaritas, um, as far as it goes when when ordering and drinking one. But yeah, I think um, any restaurant that would pick this up and run with it, um, first off, give us you know residuaries because we were the ones that created it. <laughs> Uh, second off, Stone Cold The Rock, you're welcome. Um, glad we could give you a review here. Great job uh, with the Tequila Rock and Stone Cold. That's a hell of a hell of a margarita recipe there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Flavor. So we so there's also the Terramana Resposado, yeah. which is aged in the oak barrels. Um, yeah. So we could. We I have that too. We could try that. We could do that with the, with the other Terramana. Yes, I think that would be that would be well deserved to see what the difference is between the two. Um, oh, no, I just meant it's something like more fruity. You mean like a watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching you add your crystal light into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 hey, get that get that ready for after this shot. So. Right, are, are, are you ready? So we'll uh, we'll uh, give our toast here, but we won't end the segment after the toast. We'll do the shot and then go around and give our give our sumo ratings and what oh we think of the Carolina Blanco um, as a shot. Um, so. Everybody, this is to good ships and wood ships and ships that sail the seas, but the best ships are friendships and friends will always be. Salute, gentlemen. Hey, that went out smoother than a margarita. So the the point of his tequila, he says it's supposed to be a sipping tequila. Uh, (laughs) I mean, my stomach is on fire, but... (laughs) I actually expected more of a burn, but no, that was pretty smooth. Yeah, no, yeah, no that was real smooth. Oh. I will, I will say this for um, for being tequila. That that was that was uh, way different than what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're a tequila lover, this is by far and away a sipping tequila where you can pour it in a glass like you would, you know, a bourbon. 
um, or, or brandy or, or even, you know, some people do Tito's vodka. Um, I, I would, I would definitely say you could definitely sip on that as, as you go about your day, if that's how you prefer to drink your tequila. So one five again, we'll rate it. Um, Vic, start with you. What do you think of the shot of the Terramana Blanco? I'm going to go uh, 4.25. I, I agree with you. It was really drinkable. I'm curious to see how it compares to the Reposado that uh, the Terramana offers. But, yeah, I really like. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Jeff? Uh, I was going to give it a one just because it's tequila. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a four because it was like the smell had more bite than the taste. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Chris? I'm going to do the same. I'm going to give it a four as well. Keep it consistent with the with the margarita. Um, I actually expected to be a little harsher, but no, that's you can sip that. I, I you get it is what it what he wants it to be is a sipping tequila. Absolutely, Donald from a non liquor drinker. What would you give the shot of the Terramano Blanco? Don't let that I man lie to you. That I, I, <laughs> I give it a two and a half. It, 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 oh. it, it, it's just because it's liquor and yeah. My man, my holy esophagus and windpipe and everything's on fire right now. <laughs> so, so, so next week, we we know to to put the training wheels back on Donald and don't let him do another shot of. Oh of man, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, my, yeah, my 20s are over with. <laughs> this man runs the rope, don't let him pull you, he runs the ropes. So I, I will give I will give the the shot I will I will give it a four um, as well and for a person that that is not high on tequila at all like I said this was this was smooth no 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 bitter shot face where you're you know you're doing that like the no I I've I, I've tasted way worse as far as shots goes of of straight up liquors but this. Kudos to the Rock, like you, like you said, Chris. He wanted to make it a sip in tequila, and and that is definitely something you can slip on. Um, Jason got a shot of tequila and had a little bit of margarita. He's saying I'm dressing on camera now. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature just rose, man. It just got hot in here. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is officially the worst segment ever. Like, this is... Yeah, taking off shirts. You need to drink more alcohol. I mean, that's that's what she said. So, guys, enjoy enjoy the margarita. Um, make it yourselves. We got the recipe up there. Let us know what you think. Uh, again, shout out to Stone Cold for the mixture. Shout out to The Rock for the Blanco. Next week, we will hop over onto the other side and do the Resposado. Resposado. I was about to say Despacito, but uh, that's a good reference. Tequila's already kicking in. (laughs) And that was this week's Drink of the Week, folks. All right, all right, all right. So let's jump into the wide world of sports this week, coming off of the shots of tequila. And if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or a Pittsburgh sports fan in general, a shot of tequila was well worth it after the week. <laughs> um, what do you guys want to start? All right, Silence, I'll just pick up. Depends on Margarita. 
Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep drinking over there, buddy. Just, just <laughs> keep the buttons, okay? Stick to the buttons. Um, so last weekend uh, was UFC 257, McGregor and Poirier 2. Uh, I did watch the event uh, live as it happened. It was a very good card. Um, you know, all I believe all matches on the main event ended in a knockout. Um, so it was very, very good fights. Um, the right, the overhand right seemed to be the 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 move of the night. Um, that put several people to sleep. Uh, Michael Chandler showed up and showed out in his UFC debut. I called that um, as the match was was as the fight was getting ready to happen. I, I have big big expectations for Chandler in the UFC, and he showed up and showed out and, and put on a performance that that was typical of Michael Chandler's performances. McGregor gets knocked out in the second round. Um, you know, he said after the fight, it's hard to be inactive in this sport and, and not get caught slipping. Um, some people agree with him. Others say he looked disinterested, uh, lack of cardio, um, you know, lack of, of effort. I won't, I won't ever question a man's effort when he steps into an octagon. If you're going to step into an octagon, I, I think you're going to give it as much effort as, as you can. Uh, personally and professionally, um, or else you're going to get your head blown off. So, uh, good card there from the UFC. Um, we'll see where McGregor goes. Who who he's up up against next? Um, don't know if this will. This was the result Dana was hoping for to get Khabib out of retirement. But um, you know, good card, good matches, and the UFC over the next two months, February and March, is stacked with huge pay per views and huge fights. Um, especially the March 27th pay-per-view with Stipe and Francis Ngannou. Um, you also got Adesanya fighting. Um, so, yeah, if you're a UFC fan, the next two months coming up are going to be a really good time. Huge, huge fights um, already in the first quarter of 2021. So they, they are loading up and, and getting ready to put on uh, strong cards throughout the year, it looks, with that. So that was UFC. Um, anybody, anybody else watch it or got any thoughts on it? Mm. I didn't watch that it yet. It usually goes oh, on ESPN plus like the same month. Yeah, so that that was good there. Um, quickly, uh, basketball wise, um, in the world of college basketball, yesterday, passing a legendary coach. Uh, Temple coach John Chaney passed away yesterday, uh, I believe 89 years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the true iconic coaches in, in, in all of sports. Um, you know, growing up, I I was, what, 10 or 11 years old when the, the infamous uh, him storming into the Calipari <laughs> press conference after the Temple UMass game and throwing chairs and telling them to come see me outside and he'll I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> but what you know what he did for the sport of college basketball, he he is revered and and looked up to by so many people for what he did uh with his time and, and what he gave back to the sport. So a, a, a true legend and, and an icon in the world of college basketball passes away. Um Pitt played North Carolina, and then I saw today the the graphic came up for North Carolina Duke, which is usually the rivalry uh, amongst all rivalries when it comes to college sports. 
Duke, North Carolina. But neither one of them are ranked in the top 25 this year. Kentucky is also unranked. And the, that's the first time since 1961 that those three schools have not been ranked in the top 25, at least one of them. Um, they're standard bears in the, in the college basketball world as far as blue blood programs. So I don't know if this is just a down year for all three or what, or if this is going to be kind of a shifting of the guard. Um, there's, there's other teams that are up, up in the top, uh, Gonzaga and, and Baylor and uh, other programs. So it'll be interesting to see if this is just a one-and-done type of year, no pun intended there, with recruits leaving early, but having those, those top-tier programs not being ranked. Um, interesting to see who – out of those programs gets into the dance. If all of them get in or, or not, um, that'll be interesting moving forward. Um, I think it's one and done, but I think it's good for the sport, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good for the sport, but I'm, this, this ain't, this ain't going to be a permanent thing. It's not like Alabama. But you can't recruit everybody on basketball. There's, there's only, like, what, 11, 12 slots. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, but I, I think what this year has proved in – you know, for a long time, Coach K specifically fought against this philosophy was getting one-and-done recruits. You saw mm-hmm. Calipari do it for years and years and years with Kentucky and had great success with it. But if you go by that philosophy and you get two or three of the top recruits every year that are going to come in, play a year, and then leave, you don't have a chance to build a team. Mm-hmm. So every year you're rolling young freshmen out there, and if those freshmen don't turn out to be – who you thought they were, or they themselves are going to take a year or two to develop into something special and live up to their potential. You're going to run into years where you get this, where you you have losing, you know, close to losing records, if not a losing record, and you're out of the top 25. I think this year it just caught up to all three of those programs. Is it, like how much did um, COVID last year play into that? You know? Uh, I don't know. I mean – because they didn't have a – like, those people didn't have, like, a full season, did they? Like, no, they had a full season, but they uh, – got everything got canceled, like, during the conference tournaments. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, high school sports-wise, that – you know, basketball, I think, in most states had just finished or was finishing up uh, as far as that goes. So – but, I mean, for those freshmen, after they're done with their high school basketball season, they normally are on campus and they're getting – workouts and being around the team and all that and like that leading into this season that really hurt them because they didn't have that typical you know uh environment to to learn and and get the system down you know i don't know how how much how much even the point right there yeah i mean i don't know how how much zoom meetings in that um you know film study and everything, how much that can help you translate from high school into college as far as playing right away. To me, that that's a huge deficit if you're not actually getting playing time and, and scrimmaging and, and practicing and picking up the speed of the game, the nuances of the game. Um, that's that's any time you transition to a, to a higher level in sports. You need to get acclimated to it to pick up on the speed, to pick up on the nuances and, and those things. So, um, We'll see if they bounce back next year um, if they get, you know, the typical or what could be as close to typical year as far as recruiting and getting in the gym and working out and practicing and so on and so forth. So um, there's that there. I did want to bring up Donald. Uh, this is for you. Um, 
Pitt announced their 2021 football schedule. And on September 11th, so 9-11, the Pitt Panthers will travel down to good old Rocky Top to take on your Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah. Hopefully, they, hopefully they're done handing out bags of money in McDonald's drive-thrus. Um, that, <laughs> that secret was never supposed to come out. That, that sure as hell didn't get any top recruits. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to down there. Oh, with that, uh, like uh, Damien was texting me about that, and I was like, "Yeah, it was like it's going to be a woodshed, um, a a woodshed beating there, and Pitt's going to put it on Tennessee because Tennessee is awful." (laughs) 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 What do you think about the What do you think about the coaching hire, Josh Michael? Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good to hire because Tennessee's offense has shown me nothing like the past five years. To be truthful, ever since Josh Dobbs left, that offense been horrible, and he's an offensive mind. So, hopefully, he kickstarts it. Yeah, I, I think I think that was a good hire for them. I think he'll come in and help steady the program, um, and, and try to get it back to to relevancy again. Um, they've had a really bad time down there in Tennessee, and and our an afterthought in the SEC anymore, which is sad to say compared to where they were back during the, the former years when you had Manning and T. Martin and those teams um, that were national contenders on a year-in, year-out basis. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to bring that up to you there. Yeah, and then, yeah uh, so that means that uh, next year Tennessee will be coming up here and guess who's going to be on the 50-yard line. <laughs> I'm gonna be right next with the coach coaching the game. So we will, uh, as a as a fellow Pitt alum, uh, and and you as a volunteers fan, we'll we'll have to put a a uh, friendly Denmark's wager on the game here. Um, we'll we'll come up with something creative around that time, and uh, you know maybe get so, the fan maybe get the fans to weigh in on some of the stuff we can do as far as who loses the bet. But, would uh, you pay so, are we going on a field trip? <laughs> no, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't travel down south. No, I mean here. Oh, over here. Of course. Up here? We going on a field trip? Okay. Yeah, up here, there's yeah. a field trip for sure. 20, 2022, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking to, get, looking to get tickets for that one. Um, we'll be streaming live. From, uh... <laughs> We're going to go live from the parking lot. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I have the only orange jersey on it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the official Dunmark's tailgate coming coming twenty twenty two. Heard somebody uh, see a line were upset about um, T Martin not getting interviewed though. What do you think though? Uh, man, you at least got to try to interview him. I mean, he bought you your most recent national championship, yeah. and he's an offensive mind too. So yeah. It's not. It's not like Martin hasn't had coaching experience. So I mean, yeah, yeah, he's been offensive coordinator at a, a lot of places. USC, yeah. that man can hold a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment right there. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think you put that on your resume. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did see. Um, and I saw this this morning. So, uh, as far as the NFL goes, obviously, you know the Super the Super Bowl is going to be next weekend. But uh, I, I believe it was Schefter reporting this morning that if uh, they're going to move to a two a day testing for COVID, so once in the morning, 
and what's in the afternoon for players. If a player tests positive for COVID during the week, they are out of the game. Yeah. So if and a buts, I'm just out. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You got to be on your P's and Q's. So if you ain't, that's your fault. I know, but I mean, you know, if you go, if, if you know, come come Wednesday and for some reason Mahomes or Brady test positive for COVID, they're out. Do you really think the NFL is going <laughs> to allow that? They're not testing positive. Trust me, they're not testing positive. They'll play a Super Bowl in June. They don't care. I mean, Mahomes just had a concussion. I just, you know, I mean, I I don't think anybody will test positive um, because I think both teams know, hey, this is, listen, we've gotten to the point where everybody wanted to be we made it through this shit show of a year. We, you know, we've put up with all the BS and everything else. Let's bunker down, stay separated. You know, wives, girlfriends, husbands, whatever. Stay away one week. Let me get to the Super Bowl, play this game, and then afterwards, you know, whatever's whatever. But uh, oh, there's always a dumbass. There's, there's always one. There's always one. Yeah. As soon as they get to the Super Bowl city, you got to smuggle somebody into the hotel room. <laughs> mm-hmm. You see, yeah. the uh, NBA has COVID sniffing dogs. Yeah, Miami. No. Yeah, <laughs> Miami. The Miami Heat this week, they they started using COVID trained sniffing dogs to to as people are entering the arena, they they run the canine through them. They they showed they showed this process. So they, they have people standing six feet apart in line waiting to get into the arena. A canine starts at the back of the line and walks around and sniffs each person. And then if they're good to go, they let them into the arena. Um, but, what, but what did COVID smell like? Yeah. How does that happen? Hey, man, dogs can do anything. Exactly. Dogs have been saving people's lives and sniffing out drugs for centuries. So if they can smell COVID, however they've done it, I'm all here for it. <laughs> Drugs got a smell to it. I, did, I, I don't know if viruses have smell to them. No, they ain't. Hey, they're, they're doing it. Apparently it works, and, and they've used it, and they've gotten the okay to do this as far as being a, a, a protocol that will allow people to enter into the arena. So more power to the Miami Heat for thinking out of the box and, and coming up with a different solution besides just a, a thermo check. Listen, I'd rather have a a dog, a, a, you know, a dog trained COVID smelling me than um, getting an anal swab COVID test like they're doing over in China now. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think hey, we're dogs again. They can see you guys got dogs. I mean, maybe put them to work. Now, my 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 two little my two little Shih Tzu Bichons will they'll they'll get all hyped up like they're on Mountain Dew. It, you know, it's like you can't get them to crack. They'll they'll be bouncing off the walls for seventeen hours straight. Same. So, all right. Um, I guess you know with the Super Bowl being next weekend, and we can get into the game next week. Uh, big news this week in the NFL: Deshaun Watson requesting a trade from the Houston Texans. One, do you think he will be traded? Two, if he is traded, where do you think he will land? I think, I think he will be traded. And if he's not traded, 
I'm, I'm just going back to the James Harrison concern. Like once uh, Friday practice is over with, oh, my shoulder hurts. Or uh, have you ever seen uh, five pick sixes in a row? <laughs> on um, this is, can you pull the levy on? And sit out? <laughs> so he can. It will cost, cost him a lot. So he, he, can, he, he can sit out. Um, I believe if he, his game, if he misses a game, the, the, the amount that they can find him for missing a game is 620000 uh, fifty thousand for mini camp. Um, for that paycheck, Shit. And, and close to a hundred, close to a hundred thousand uh, dollars for for training camp. Um, That's a lot. So there, there, there is money on the table here to be lost if you're Deshaun. I'm interested to see how this plays out because for years, NFL players don't have power like NBA players. They can't force their way out of places. Le'Veon. I wouldn't say he necessarily forced his way out. He just absolutely said, all right, I want X. You're not giving me X, so I'm sitting out. Okay. That's fine. Like, But to go in and demand a trade after you just signed a 10-year deal, um, that's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. And he has a no-trade clause, too, so – <laughs> if they want to stick him in like the outreaches of a team or something, yeah, he got a chance to deny it. <laughs> I, I think he will be traded too. Um, I see the Jets are, I guess, his preferred destination, which I was kind of surprised, but maybe bigger market. Um, but they they have similar issues. So, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. I think the the, the Jets made a really good coaching hire with with Salah, and I think he will he will. Um, if given given the time and allowed to do what he'll do, I think he he has the potential to to turn that that uh, organization around. Um, you know, looking around, I mean, there are a few teams that have either draft capital and or players um, to throw some deals out there. I saw a wild proposed deal for the Steelers to send to the Texans for Deshaun, um, and this this worked that much. This question came up. If 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 the Steelers reached out and said, "Hey, just just us, just us on the phone, just you know, give it to me straight," um, what would it take to get Deshaun off you guys? And if they go, uh, you know, whatever the pick situation goes, draft draft picks. Um, oh, and we want T.J. Watt. Do you guys? Include T.J. Watt in a trade for Deshaun Watson? No, no, no. I got three no's. Chris is drunk off tequila. So, um, I just see shapes right now. Why would you? Why, why would okay? Why would you not include T.J. Watt in a trade for Deshaun Watson? Uh, fresh off the AFC Defensive Player of the Year, I'm like he's a building block of him and Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, Pittsburgh's known for defense, and so right now. That's what's driving this team. That's what why we had 11 wins in the regular season. It wasn't because of the offense. Like Pittsburgh can be serviceable with uh, with a quarterback. I think. My my opinion is if you have a a franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback for the next 10 plus 10 years. I I will trade T.J. Watt for for a franchise quarterback. You, you I don't find another quarterback. No. And they wanted two first round picks. 
The question, though, is it is it a better situation figuring that we have to rebuild the offensive line? But here, if you go into that situation where you you te- you you trade T.J. Watt, okay, and and say you, you say you give him T.J. Watt, you give him a first round pick this year, first round pick next year, and then uh, and, like, and then like a third a third and a fifth in twenty twenty three, and they give you a a a fourth round back in twenty twenty three. Um, I just consider rebuilding. Because you're not you're not going anywhere the next year. So, I would I, I would I would rather trust the front office brass with drafting offensive linemen and defensive players, knowing I have a franchise quarterback, regardless of how many picks I have, compared to keeping T.J. Watt and trying to draft and find a quarterback. So say you keep T. Say say you lose T.J. and and Bud. There's your defense altogether. And then it'll be just like the 2017 team. You have all offense, but you have no defense. But isn't that kind of the way the league's going? I'm actually, I'm actually going to switch. I'm going to agree with Steve on this one. I'm going to switch. Um, because you can find serviceable pass rushers, to, to be honest, but a franchise quarterback, dime a dozen, man. There's there there's a the some of the mock drafts that are projecting players for the Steelers to draft now in the first and second round, they those those players are are all being on the defensive side of the ball are projected replacements for Bud Dupree and you drafted Highsmith last year, who played really well as a rookie and was one of the highest rated rookies according to Pro Football Focus, so that right there. I mean, and he was a third-round pick. So, yes, is T.J. Watt a, uh, a difference maker on the defensive on the defensive side of the ball? Yes. Is he a perennial All-Pro? Yes. Is he, you know, going to go down as potentially one of the best defenders of all time if he plays his whole career here? Yes. However, I have a so, chance for a franchise quarterback. Only twenty-five, by the way. But but you 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 give say you have Deshaun and you have your current running back situation. What are you doing? I'm drafting a running back. I'm drafting a running back this year, regardless of 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 if I you, have you Deshaun. Think you're running back this year? Yeah, I do. Have you taken a running back every year? No. Do you think they're taking a running back this year? Yeah, they need to take a running back this year, but they need not to take one in the fourth round. You, you oh, gotta get anyone. They're not gonna take a. They're not taking a first round running back. I'm not necessarily saying take one in the first round. I think they need to draft offensive line in the first round. Um, I would go. I would go. You know, potentially uh, Alex Leatherwood from Bama. Um, there's another. There's a couple other offensive tackles at, picking at 24 that are gonna be there and available that are automatically plug and plug and plays for Villanueva who's probably going to be gone in free agency. Um, second round is where I would look to go with running back, um, you know, in, in that realm. I don't know if Najee Harris will fall to them in the second round, given where they're picking at. But, you know, ETN's out there. There's 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 good backs that can come in and make a difference and, and be the starter compared to where you're at with your running backs now. So – You'll be um, in the same situation. Trust me. 
They'll be in the same running back of our committee. James Robinson was an undrafted, uh, an undrafted player from the Jaguars, and he rushed for twelve hundred yards this year. Like, you can find running backs way easier than you can find quarterbacks and defensive ends. So, like, can't do nothing if your offensive line ain't blocking. That's the other thing. Yeah. So. You got to you got to get that you got to get the O line fixed. You have to get the O line fixed. They got old in a hurry, and it showed this year. Um, listen, they're gonna have made they're they're gonna have major overhauls. The cap's only gonna be about one eighty. They got a lot of tough decisions. Uh, there was a tweet that came out this week saying that you know Bud Dupree would would be open to signing a a, a one year. Like six million dollar deal, um, given the fact that he's coming off an ACL and, and that, um, and and he responded to that with with laughing emojis. <laughs> I don't think Bud's coming back, honestly, because you have to pick. Do you want Bud or do you want TJ? You're not going to be able to keep both. So, Hasma showed me enough to where I can let Bud go. Um, but you're going to have so many more issues with, with people leaving and holes to fill. You know, I don't, I don't see why. I don't think they would ever trade for Deshaun. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things that I saw and thought it was interesting to talk yeah. because a lot of the conversation was I wouldn't trade TJ Watt for Deshaun Watson. If, if you, okay, so let me change the question real quick. Take draft picks out of it. If it's just player for player swap. Do you trade TJ Watt for Deshaun Watson? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then that should then that should be the answer to your question whenever it's formed, whenever it's preference the other way. If you would not go for a heads up, then you but not for picks. Not for picks. You're losing too much with the picks. So I, I got a question kind of similar round. So they're saying JJ Watt is his future to Texas is gone. Do you think Pittsburgh would try to trade for him, considering they have both his brothers? I don't know. They, what, I don't. I don't know. I'd love to see it, but they shouldn't. No, their defensive line is already established. Yeah, uh, not all of it. I mean, not the position. I mean, the position he plays, yes, but we need a defensive tackle, nose tackle, truthfully. Uh a Tyson no, played, played played amazing. Yeah. I think if you, uh, I think if you if you get JJ Watt, you for know, cheap, That'd for be good. cheap, and you add him into that defensive front with the with the rotation they could now do with him because you wouldn't need to play JJ. I, I agree. Sixty snaps a game, um, given given his years and everything else, um, you know, I think that would just. That would make up and help out the secondary so much, considering you don't know where that's going to go with Mike Hilton potentially leaving. Who knows if if Joe Hayden or Steve Nelson is, is are going to stick and stay based off of their contract situations? Like, Steelers got a, a lot. Of, I think they have like seventeen. Edmonds got to go. Yeah, restricted and, unrefer- and unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. What is seventeen? What is a lot? Out of twenty, out of twenty-two starters, seventeen. Or almost, you know, not saying that all seventeen are starters on both sides of the ball, but that's a lot. There's a lot of people that are starters on both sides of the ball that are up this year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough time. Um, So yeah, that was you know, 
I guess that that was the big thing. There, there's going to be a lot of quarterback shakeup this year, which is going to be crazy because Stafford's supposedly getting traded. Who knows what Rodgers is going to do? Carson Wentz with the Eagles. Uh, Garoppolo with the Niners. Um, the, the Niners are interesting based off of the reports. They Garoppolo, if they cut Garoppolo, it's only two and a half million against the cap, which is nothing, right? So they they were rumors where they were offering two twos and two twos and two threes to the Lions for Stafford, um, which may be a done deal come the beginning of the week. Um, Stafford in San Francisco in that offense, play action pass. And they, they get everybody back healthy, like they're right back in contention for, for being top top contenders in the NFC. I would personally like to see him in Indianapolis, although that is an AFC AFC foe, but um put him down in Indy. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting offseason. I think there's gonna be a lot yeah. of talk about it's not gonna be a dead period. I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about orange sports, um and, and so on and so forth. So um, we'll get into Super Bowl talk next week um, and cover the game, break down the game more in depth next week, give our picks who we think is going to win, uh, go over some of the the, the more uh, outside-the-box prop bets that come up Super Bowl time that are always interesting to bet on, whether you're on DraftKings or FanDuel, um, and, and get into that next week. So with that, does anybody got anything else for this week in sports before we move on to the end of the – Closing segment? Yeah. Um, nobody got inducted to the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame this year. I, you, you know how irrelevant baseball is, is that I didn't even bring that up, even though that's only the fourth time it's happened in the history of the Hall of Fame voting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, they need to get their shit together because right now you have a, you have a bunch of players from the steroid era that are just sitting there um, that nobody is going to vote in. However, the players that have retired and have become eligible since then are not Hall of Fame worthy. So you're going to come would into this where you're not going to put anybody in. You know, would you put Toy Hunter in? It was there was two on there that was like questionable for me. Would you put him in? Tory Hunter, like, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll myself, I'll put him in. Who else? I mean, most of them had World Series wins, so. Had World Series ring, so I'm like, I mean, I know it's not the only criteria, but I would say, I would say, like longevity wise, you know, um, I haven't looked at his career numbers or what he finished at, but I mean, for him to play as long as he did, I would say, uh, yeah, but uh, Tim Hudson. Uh, Amar, uh, Aramis Moreres, Latroy Hawkins, Barry Zito, AJ hey, Burnett. Chris, drop me off for a sec. Okay. Shane Victorino, Darren Heron, Michael Cuttier, and Nick Swisher. You see any of them as first ballot Hall of Famers? No. 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 I was thinking the same thing. None is first ballot, but some eventually will get in. Mm-hmm. What, um, if they don't, what if they don't even get in on a year that no one's getting in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. If nobody's getting in on that year, then how are they going to pan out? And then next year, it been, to me, it might have been the first ballot thing. Could have like, been. The, these guys aren't worthy of first ballot induction, so that might have been a knock 
off the bat. But mm-hmm. I think they may but eventually still, get in. But still, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I know they care there's about first ballot, There's first ballot, and then there's unanimous is first ballot are big deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they there's do, some people slide in there. They do put that credential on the first ballot, in the, especially yeah. for baseball. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put any of them at the first ballot. I mean, just put Pete Rose in this year. Like this dude, Troy Hawkins had more jersey swaps than he had uh, accolades. So, <laughs> and see, even uh, people bought up with the whole Pete Rose situation. Like he did all that stuff when he was a manager, yeah, a player, you know. And they're basing him off of you know all that stuff. Like base him off of a player, so put him in. And it's Some- just even, and then then next year is just going to get even more convoluted because David Ortiz and A Rod is up for next year. So if you're not putting any steroid people in, you know, those are two more you can't put in, supposedly, you know. Someone's going to put him in eventually. It's just when. Like, the guy that took over as the GM now, he was a, a prodigy of Bud Selig's. So Bud Selig didn't want anything to do with Pete Rose in there. So you, it's just going to continue on with that. So we just kind of have to wait and see who the next GM is and what they decide. So, so Don, do you put Manny in? Who? You what put Manny? Manny Ramirez in. Manny Ramirez. Hey, yeah, do you put him in? I do. Now, do you think they didn't put that many people in just because it wasn't like, like, say you put one person in, it'd have been more like exclusive. Do you think they went like, well, like that reason? No. Because, like, you know, I mean, you put one person in, it's going to be a huge ass deal. Yeah. Because you look, you, you yeah. feel that. Ramirez on the card, uh, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, uh, Kurt Schilling, which is questionable. Uh, McGuire, yeah. You got I mean, McGuire, you got McGuire, Bonds, Clemens. So, so like, there's why, why, why don't you just, why don't you, um, you, you, you put those players in and then on the plaque, on the plaque, just acknowledge that these players played during the steroid sure. era. And, I put a ball in, except for Barry. I fucking hate Barry Bonds, but that's a personal issue. But I put him in. But look, if the if the hall of, if the Hall of Fame is a museum, right? Which it is. It's a museum yeah. show of baseball history. Okay, you can't. I mean, you can, but you can't write that era of history out of the game. It happened. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. seen it. It was, it was there. It was, it was played. You know, however many people were on the juice were on the juice. In my you, eyes, in my eyes, certain players that even though they were on the juice, they were already Hall of Fame players. And like Barry Bonds' numbers, you you can give you know probably seventy percent, eighty percent of the players the juice. And they're not going to end with Barry Bonds' numbers when he was when he was off the juice, let alone when he was on it. Um, just put him, in and, put him in and acknowledge it. This whole character clause, and we got to protect the sanctity of baseball yeah. bullshit. It doesn't matter. Like, go back through, go back through your character clause and look at some of the people that are in the Hall of Fame. 
Very true. And, and and see how many of those players are gonna are gonna stick in the Hall of Fame. Especially guys, since they couldn't test so far back in the day. You know, like who knows what the, those guys were on or what they were doing or I mean, like, before, before before steroids you were on uppers and, and everything else. And then you know, what are you gonna do now with the, the supposed dead ball era where pitchers are throwing batting practice to people? Um you know, like it's like, come on, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, and then everything what, is all hearsay, too. You can't keep your numbers and not put them in the Hall of Fame. So, if you're not putting them in the Hall of Fame, take Pete Rose's numbers away. If you're not putting them in the Hall of Fame, take Bray Bond's uh, numbers away. Yeah, you're not. I mean, if you're not going to ask, if you're not going to asterisk the numbers and, and say, yeah. hey, then you, might, you might as well just put them in. And see, like for this year too, since they put nobody in, this year would have been a good year just to put them all in, finally get it over with, so you don't have to talk about it anymore. Just right. be done with it. But right. no, it's but no, it's just going to keep lingering. It's going to keep lingering. It's going to keep lingering. It's yeah. going to linger, and, and, and it's going to linger for all time. Mm-hmm. In, you know, either alive or dead. Like that's how it is. So this year was a perfect time to just get it. Put him in, sweep it under the map. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. But I got one thing left to um we'll switch over to hockey real quick. Yeah, I was gonna uh, bring this up too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh this week uh the Penn's GM Jim Rutherford uh resigned. I uh, claims that it's not for health reasons, but personal reasons. So we'll we'll see if anything ever comes out of the reason why he resigned. But his uh his assistant general manager, Patrick Alden, he's going to become the interim GM and going to be working with Mario Lemieux in the meantime until a replacement can be found. Yeah, um, th- this week in, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh sports and Pittsburgh reporters and reporting wise, there was there was a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth of people trying to to say their sources and what they reported were were right compared to conflicting things and in information. We saw this with Mark Madden and. Uh, reporting T.J. Watt skipped his exit interviews and told the Steelers to send everything to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Other reporters came out and said that wasn't true. Uh, there was back and forth with that. Each reporter was sticking to their source. With Rutherford, same thing, conflicting reports. Each reporting sticking by their sources and what they reported. Um, some say he saw the writing on the wall. He wanted to trade, you know, a Latang or a Malkin and, and the – Whoever higher up in the organization, not saying that it was Mario, but whoever higher up said uh, no, and he said, "All right, I'm out." Um, that's one report. Other report is that it was, you know, specifically due to personal reasons. Who knows? We're never going to know. Uh, I don't truly think the light will ever be shed on exactly who or what, um, you know, reported what and and whether or not they they were correct. But uh, it's very interesting that it happens now. Um, yeah, and the, the timing of the stepping down, just, just the very beginning of the season. Like, why did this happen before the season started? You know, but hey, I mean, you know, hell of a run he gave us whenever he yeah. took over as GM. Uh, he made trades that built the Penguins into you know the fastest team on ice, and and led to success with winning two cups. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got kudos to the man. Thanks for giving us a run here. Um, like I said, this is this is a dark time coming up in Pittsburgh sports. Um, Pirates suck. 
are going to continue to suck. Uh, the Steelers are going to suck. The Steelers are going to suck with rebuilding mode, and the Penguins are well on their way to doing that too. Um, hopefully, it's not too long that we're down in the abyss. But um, yeah, not very bright times here in the near future. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's this week in sports. Let's uh, head 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 to the world renowned, world famous, most viewed segment of the show. One got to go. Sticking around. All right, boys and girls, before we play One Gotta Go, thanks for tuning in to episode 22 of the Dumb Marks podcast. Remember that we are live every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So please subscribe, like, and follow all of our social media pages so that you can get alerts each week when we do go live. Our audio-only edition of the podcast is released every Monday to listen on demand on all your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe to our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DumbMarksPod, right up there. And message us during the show while you watch down, live. Down below. Oh, I got it right up in, right here. Right on your, right on your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm down below, you can, you can email us during the show at DumbMarksPod at gmail.com. <laughs> so anybody got anything left to cover before we get into one got to go? No, let's hop right into it. This was this was thanks to everybody that turned out and showed up and, and viewed the one gotta go segment from last week. It was our one of our most highly viewed uh, segments of the show that we do here uh, from each week, and we we appreciate all the feedback and attention that it got. So moving forward, please join in, play along, let us know which one you got to go. And we will add the fifth member to the crew this week for one gotta go. Um, Chris, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. One got to go this week. Oh, man. Anchorman, <laughs> Anchorman, super bad, the hangover, dumb and dumber. One yeah. got to go. Chris, and the, what do you have? I thought this was going to be a good one. and This was next up, and I thought this would be good because of the group that we have here this week, and Donald hates comedies. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Donald's comments going to be this week on it. Um, I'll just go into the pile of Donald's <laughs> that he's giving with Reese cups, grilled cheese, and now a dislike of comedies. <laughs> um, one of my favorite movies is The Hangover, so that that's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, Super Bad. I don't think holds up over time, but I still enjoy it. And Anchorman's a classic. Dumb and Dumber could go either way, but for me on this one, Dumb and Dumber's got to go. Wow. Yeah. To me, Dumb and Dumber doesn't hold up as much as the other ones do, but yeah. Go ahead, Vic. Uh, there's a lot of classic one liners in a lot of these movies. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to go with Hangover. I think Hangover got to go in my book. Vic is not allowed back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. Thanks for coming out. We appreciate you. Right. <laughs> you can go join Donald in the Bad Tech Club. Hey, I, I, people were getting rid of PB and J last week. I don't want to hear nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> trash, Vic. <laughs> uh, all right, the Hangover. Wow. Oh man. All right, Jay. What do you got? Uh, so the Anchorman. I, I love all welfare movies, most of them. Uh, Jim Carrey too. So Anchorman, Dumb and Dumber stays. 
Hangover one was good, but then it got repetitive with two and three. And I am a uh, like hype is a big thing for me. If you hype something up so much, it better live up to the hype. And Super Bad was just built so much, uh, like so much hype as being like the funniest thing on earth. It just fell flat for me. It was it was terrible. I hated it. So it was hyping it up for you. <laughs> McLevin? Superbad got to go. It, nah. <laughs> All right. Donald, what do you got? I only saw two movies on this list. Jeez, oh, man. That's it. <laughs> and the two movies I saw were Superbad and Hangover. And I was not impressed by both of them. So... <laughs> If one got if 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 one gotta go, I I, I don't Probably know. Probably has gotta go, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. if, I, if I had my choice, all of them could go, but if I had to pick, I I would say dumb and dumber. All right, Vic, Vic you're back in Donald. You're <laughs> <completely Yeah. right. laughs> I, I, comedy movies are not funny to me. There's just, just something about them. It's just not do you, uh, do, you understand, do you understand the 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 oxymoron you just said? Comedy movies are not funny. They're not funny. Somebody has to die in this movie. Is it comedy? <laughs> the genre of funny? Like, they, they, Somebody they, has to die in his movies. If he hung up on something, skin peeled apart, he doesn't like it. <laughs> are, are comedians not funny because they're comedians? I, I, it, it, it just doesn't work for me. The whole genre just don't work. Stand up movies, TV, it, it, it doesn't work. All right. <laughs> I hate this. X button in the corner. You could have left, you could have left like five minutes ago. Starting to rise again. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um Anchorman and Hangover for me are are, are keepers for sure. Um I, I still walk around quoting Anchorman to this day. Um, I, I, I laugh more and more every time I watch that movie because uh, I pick up on something new each time. Um, Superbad, you know, I enjoyed watching Superbad. Um, it was what it was. Dumb and Dumber to me is, is you know, like teenage youth, dumb, poopy humor that just, you know, like... It's Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey was at his apex, um, and, and and you know that character reminds me of like something that you would see on in Living Color. Um, so for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick Superbad out the group. That one gotta go, and I'll roll with Anchorman, Hangover, Dumb and Dumber. Um, so that's this week's one gotta go. You guys playing along out there? Uh, tweet the show, comment. Let us know which one you got to go this week out of Anchorman, Superbad, The Hangover, Dumb and Dumber. And we will be back next week with another edition of the world-renowned, world-famous One Got to Go. And with that, gentlemen, anybody got any last final thoughts before we wrap this up with uh, with a go-home quote to end the show? Nope, nothing. All right, Vic, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the run-in. All jokes aside, you will, you guys will be seeing Vic from time to time popping up here 
uh, for for different stuff and different topics. Um, He's the magazine of this show. Yeah. <laughs> and believe, and, and anytime we want, you know, you want to audition full time for somebody else's role on the show who doesn't watch comedies or doesn't eat peanut butter and jelly or thinks Lucy Cups is in the bottom five of worst Halloween candies of all time. Uh, we will gladly look at your resume and watch the tape and put that up to a serious suggestion. Here's my headshot. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, got, Jay, ass motherfucker, I, tell you. <laughs> I got people Facebook messaging Facebook messaging me as we're going live right now saying Chris is lit off of that. But this this week's this week's quote, I thought it was I thought it was only fitting to to uh end this week's quote this week's quote. Uh, from yeah, somebody, somebody who we celebrated one year of his passing this week, and that's the the great Kobe Bryant. Um, Chris, this will also give you the title for this week's episode. So uh, listen closely here. Kobe Bryant once said, "Learn to love the hate, embrace it, enjoy it. You earned it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and everyone should have one. But you, or everyone should have one about you. Haters are a good problem to have." Nobody hates the good ones. They hate the great ones. And with that, embrace the hate, love the hate, enjoy the hate. Continue to be great. Continue to rock out with us each and every Saturday. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thanks for joining in. And until next time, you can catch us around the way.